Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, I, I love this country. I love this place more than anything. There's nothing like it. There's never been anything like it. There will never be anything like it. And, and folks, I don't know why it's considered heresy to want to defend this place first and build this place up. How, how, how useful are we going to be helping anyone around the world if we can't fix this place first? This is it. You know, I, I'm not trying to like wax philosophic here, but this is the lighthouse for freedom, right? Everybody comes here. Everybody on the seas out there that's looking for freedom and liberty looks for the light beacon and comes here to the United States. They don't go anywhere else. They come here. And I still can't get through my head why it is that we're supposed to listen to the hate America, CRT, America sucks crowd, them on what it's like to be patriotic when we question things like, hey, what are we doing in Ukraine and what are we doing about Russia? I I don't understand why we're taking their advice. Why some even on the right are listening to them. I don't get it. I'm confused. Let's fix this place first. I got a loaded show to you today and something happened to Tulsi Gabbard, which is unforgivable. Let's get right to it. Thanks everyone who listened to yesterday's show talking about the dangers here at home matter first. They matter first. It's our country. We have to protect it and defend it before we can protect and defend anyone else. Got to be crystal clear on that. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. survival rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. Oh, yeah. The beat goes on. You better believe it. Whoa. There was a lot of cheese in that. That was very 80s cheesy. It was, was like super cheesy. Yes, it was. Was that a shout out to the Cindy Lauper days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 80s called. They said, use well, us. The 80s called. They want their saying back, right? Steal one for, for, for our buddy Obama. Now, listen, I know, Joe, you love this country as much as I do. Seriously. And I know your family does as well. And I know uh, you people have served it. So that's a far different perspective here. But we have to fix this place first, folks. I don't understand why that's a controversial um, topic. With the and, and why again, people on the swampy right are taking advice and talking points from the media leftists who can't stand this country. Tell it it's 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 unsolvably racist. I'm not sure of that. Here's what I mean: the character assassination going on of a Democrat. Yes, I'm about to defend the Democrat. Joe, mark the date, Daddy O. Dan Bongino is about to defend the Democrat. The character assassination going on of Tulsi Gabbard is unforgivable. And I mean that in the literal sense of the word, meaning I I can't forgive people for doing what's happening to her, what's happening to her right now. Mitt Romney accusing her of treason, a crime punishable by death. Um, All for talking about a story we've discussed over the last week and a half or so. The bio research facilities in Ukraine and how we're concerned, given that, you know, we just got out of a pandemic and all. The fact that one of these bio research facilities um, could be at risk or many of them 
uh, of, of takeover by the Russians and potentially some of the pathogens in there used if they're not destroyed. Uh, I, we haven't been hyperbolic about the story. I'm not puffing and panting about the story. I'm not suggesting to you that it, it that Putin is right for invading Ukraine because there may have been bio research facilities, whatever they were producing in there. But the fact that they exist isn't in dispute. So Tulsi Gabbard brought up this point, too, and said, I'm concerned about it. Oh, boy, did the establishmentarian swamp rat nut job moon bats lose their mind. So Tulsi went on Tucker last night to defend herself and said what I'm telling you. Are we really in the state of propaganda by the government right now where they can actually acknowledge these research facilities exist and you are still considered the bad guy for recognizing it? Here, listen to her response. This is good stuff. The facts remain. Number one is they're accusing me of saying that somehow there are bioweapons labs in Ukraine. I've said no such thing at any point. I have said that there are bio labs in Ukraine that have received U.S. support that contain dangerous pathogens that if those labs are breached, then then we in the world are facing a potential future of pandemics, that this is a dangerous crisis that needs to be addressed immediately. These pathogens need to need to be destroyed. The second thing they're saying is they deny, even though there is a plethora of evidence that exists, they deny that these bio labs are even there which is shocking to me that you've, we've heard over and over. You played so many clips from people in, in the mainstream media saying these biolabs, these supposed biolabs, as though there's some fantasy when over and over and over again, officials from our own government, Department of State, Department of Defense and so on are saying these biolabs in Ukraine have dangerous pathogens and we're very concerned that they may be breached. I, I, guys, I'm puzzled. Really, I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to be slick or coy or funny or dopey. I'm puzzled about what she just said that's even remotely controversial. Nothing. We just went through a pandemic. Nothing. I'm not crazy, right? No, Gee, am I, am I reading too much into this? Nobody, I, nobody out there has suggested anything hyperbolic, exaggeration for effect, nothing. We've simply stated the fact that we've just been through a pandemic, correct? We've all been through a yeah. pandemic. The government has now acknowledged the existence of these bio-research facilities that have pathogens. They've acknowledged themselves they're concerned about. What's, what's the problem? Just answer the question. Well, we've destroyed them or we haven't. Um, we're worried about them because of this. And here's how we're going to fix it. I don't understand what the big controversy is. And anybody who brings it up is accused of being some kind of Putin stooge. Now, making this situation even more bizarre and insane Here's a Just the News article by uh, uh, Nicholas Belasi and Just the News. You can read it in my newsletter today. U.S. officials, biological research facilities in Ukraine are not bioweapons labs. Oh, okay. I mean, if that's what they're saying, uh, forgive me. I don't take the U.S. government's word at it on first pass. They've lied to us often. But I, I, I would be remiss if I did not... Uh, fairly giving you all the information, put this out there that the government is denying their bioweapons labs. Fair enough. Yet the fact that they exist isn't controversial, as noted in the Just the News piece. Victoria Newland, Ukraine has biological research facilities, which in fact are now quite concerned, which, which are now quite concerned Russian troops and Russian forces may be seeking to gain control of. Newland said, so we're working with the Ukrainians, how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of Russian forces, forces should they approach. Okay. It goes on. So the labs exist. Confirmed, right? Verdict is in. 
Labs exist. Yet Tulsi's guilty of treason for acknowledging the labs they said exist exist. I'm 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 that's really weird. Is Newland guilty of treason too? Here, part two from the Just the News piece. Because there's been another controversy with the fact checkers and others, as we uh, put out yesterday. Well, is government funding, U.S. government funding involved in these labs? God forbid you ask that question. Benedict Arnold, you are, sir. Here, part two of the uh, Just a News piece. The official was asked if the U.S. government has ever sent people to help the research labs with training and biological safety measures. Here you go from U.S. officials. I know we certainly have contributed funds. Let me read that again. I know we have certainly contributed funds. Did you catch that? Let's read it a third time. I know we have certainly contributed funds, but whether we've had people in the Ukraine in, in Ukraine physically over the past few years to help with their management, I don't know. So I don't want to guess. Folks, this is not... Uh, and for the, some of you in the audience, understandably so, who wonder why I am mentioning this story repeatedly. The story is not even so much anymore about bio-research labs. It's not. I'm actually tired of talking about it myself. The story is a bigger story about the fact-check media, leftist, swampy, neoconservative, establishment, swampy Republican Party, so eager to make sure we waltz into World War III with Russia to make Joe Biden look good. That information that's verifiably true, but can be used by some to make Putin look good. Oh, Putin, look, he's attacking because Ukraine had bio-research facilities, which is, that's insane. It's attacking because he wants the Soviet Union back. That even true information, they will attack American citizens, attack American citizens' credibility who speak the truth if you don't fall into their plan and be a pawn for them. Proving the point Lee Smith has brought up and I brought up often on this show. The left does not have foreign enemies. The left only has political enemies. And if you're on the wrong side of their argument, and right now they see it as beneficial to save Joe Biden, to make him look like a tough guy against Vladimir Putin, anything you say, they will attack you. Here's part two of the video with Tulsi. It's a shorter part, but this is hilarious. They accuse Tulsi Gabbard, who, by the way, is an active member of our military now, unlike Mitt Romney, Mittens. Uh, Mittens, real tough guy, Mittens. Mittens like, charge! As he backs away, Homer Simpson style, into the bushes like the Giffy, right? That's Mittens. Always been a sellout, Mittens. Always. Here's part two, where Tulsi Gabbard received a $59, no, not $5,900, not $590, 59, 59.00, dollars a $59 donation from an American citizen who apparently had some ties to Russia. So the media hacks and goofballs who want to character assassinate Tulsi Gabbard for telling the truth about the existence of bio-research facilities, which apparently have our funding, according to sources in the Just the News article, they accuse her of being a Russian stooge, sellout, spy, Benedict Arnold, guilty of treason, a $59 donation, which I found odd, and I'll get to why in a second. But here, play that cut as she addresses this absurdity. Check this out. The media is lying. Uh, they're not only lying about this. You saw uh, headlines a couple of days ago, Tulsi Gabbard paid off by Russian agent. What the media is is lying about is the fact that uh, an American citizen gave my campaign a $59 contribution coming from a woman I've never met, never talked to, don't know, don't know anything about. 
but somehow they, they feel justified in saying Tulsi Gabbard is being paid off. The danger in the media lying so blatantly to the American people, these so-called journalists who have a responsibility to the public, is it poses a very direct threat to our democratic republic because they continue to get away with it. They continue to parrot and propagate these lies. And, and they need to be held accountable. They need to be exposed. See why this story is nothing to do with research labs. The bigger picture that is, yes, the smaller components of it are about research labs. But the reason people like Tucker, Tulsi, me, and others won't let the story go is because it is about the media's efforts to coordinate with the government, to paint false narratives, to attack anyone who gets in their way. And that is not, that is not evidence of a strong constitutional republic. That's evidence of a republic collapsing into tyranny. So Tulsi Gabbard, fellas, is a $59 sellout, sold out for a $59 donation. I'll bet she heard about for the first time from the media. $59. It's really strange, though. The media really refuses, outside of Miranda Devine and others at the New York Post and elsewhere, to cover the three-carat diamond given to Hunter Biden worth about $80,000. As the New York Post, November 28, 2021. It's not even a new story. Haven't heard much about this one, have you? More money than God. Chinese Titan lavished Hunter Biden with a three-carat gem and an offer of $30 million. Joe, $30 million, $59. $30 million, $59. Three-carat diamond, $59. Yeah, it's just really strange. Again, folks, please don't fall into this trap. I am begging you. Proving to you again that the left does not have foreign enemies. They only have political enemies, and they will turn on a dime to attack you. Proving again that we are not those people. Tulsi Gabbard is a Democrat. I don't share a lot of political views with her. I don't. But I will defend Tulsi Gabbard's right to speak out about what's happening in this war in Russia and Ukraine that could rope us into World War III with a nuclear power to the, my last dying breath. Because I'm not going to replicate their disgusting, filthy tactics. You're seeing this, as I've seen it referred to with the internet, this great splintering happening right now, folks. There is going to be a world that believes in freedom and liberty and a free and open internet and due process and rule of law. And then there's going to be the other guys, the left, the CRT proponents, the, uh, the, the propagandists in the media, the propagandists in academia, the fact checkers. Those two worlds can't coexist anymore. They're zero sum. We either believe in the truth, no matter the cost, or you believe in a world of lies. And I can't be any more dramatic. I'm not trying. That is a fact. Folks, I'm growing increasingly concerned about this because the influence of false purveyors and propagandists in the United States, the very hallmark of tyranny and totalitarianism, is growing here. The left has figured out they can use BSers, influencers, and people who don't know a damn thing about what's going on to attack the people that do. I'm going to get to this in a second, but there's a perfect example right here. Biden's use now. I know you've seen the video before, but it's important I show it to you again. I'm going to cut it a little bit short. His use of TikTok influencers to propagandize you into believing that a world exists that doesn't exist. Is it by research facilities? Really? Inflation. It's Putin's fault. I'll get to that in a second. Um, let me get to my second sponsor because I want to roll through that. It's important. And uh, our food crisis, too. This representative, Austin Scott, sounding the alarm. 
With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Here's what I mean. Again, tied back to the bio research lab story, how propaganda has been winning the day. And once a society's propagandized and an information asymmetry develops where a, a collective group of people of 330 million in the United States, large swath of the swaths of them are able to be propagandized into believing things that simply aren't true. Folks, we got a real problem going forward. How long before they start to believe that conservatives, you know, are evil mutants from Mars and they need to be exterminated? Don't laugh. Crazier ideas have been propagated using propaganda. Here's Biden reaching out to influential TikTokers. TikTok is a video platform. Here's one of them, an Ellie Kaiser, who's been roundly mocked for this ridiculous video. I don't know what she knows about inflation, economics or what, but clearly states in the video that the White House told her this stuff. And here she is propagating the nonsense here. Check this out. Why is gas so expensive and why is the United States inflation rate at a four time decade high? I had the opportunity to ask the White House why gas down the street is $7, and here's what they said. The obvious reason, we're getting out of a two-year pandemic. When use goes up, price goes up. But the call was predominantly about Ukraine and Russia, so how does that relate? Russia is one of the top three producers of oil, and it is actually their number one revenue source. Now, with Putin starting this horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia, nobody wants to work with him and do an international trade. So with people being scared of war and limited resources, prices are bound to go up as well. Uh, Guy said it right, Joe. When he's Milton Friedman, we got uh, Ellie Kaiser explaining the uh, economics of the situation on inflation. Yeah. Says it's obvious reasons, right? So, folks, again, I just want to wrap that segment up because it's important. That is why I'm worried. You can't have a free constitutional republic where information isn't exchanged openly. You can't. I can't emphasize to you enough uh, the words of, of Friedrich Hayek, that political freedom and economic freedom are no different, okay? Uh, if you don't have political freedom, the ability to politically express publicly your ideology and fight back against bad ideas, right? You're not going to have economic freedom either. If who you vote for doesn't matter because everybody you vote for controls your economic output, there is no difference from any of this. The lies about both and the propaganda about both politics and about economics are leading us to a dangerous place we're not going to be able to make a U-turn from if we don't fix this fast. Here's what I mean. I'm growing deeply concerned, and I, I, I'm going to be careful because I don't want to panic anyone. Seriously. We'll figure it out. We are the breadbasket of the world. And we will, I believe, figure it out. I don't believe there's going to be mass shortages anytime soon. If I did, I would tell you, I'm not here to lie to you. But my goal is to not panic you, but to keep you responsibly a little bit anxious so that we prepared here, be prepared here based on the facts. I'm growing concerned about the food and fuel supply in the United States. Uh, not that it's going to uh, dry up. Like I said, it's going to be mass shortages, but the prices could get prohibitively high. For a lot of these products, which would force a lot of people to change their lifestyles dramatically. And if you don't have food and fuel, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have the ability to survive. Here's what I mean. 
John Solomon, who's a good friend, has a show on Real America's Voice. And uh, on that show, he had a guest. Um, he had a guest, uh, Representative Austin Scott, who's like, hey, man, listen, uh, we got a problem here. We got a large amount of the wheat supply in Russia and Ukraine that could dry up. I'm getting a little concerned about food and fuel. And he proposes something sane for once coming off the hill. Hey, I think it's a good idea to ask our military uh, about what national security threat we'd serve from a potential what would happen in, in the event of a food and fuel shortage. That sounds like a good idea to me. Here, check this out. On food prices, it's going to cost our farmers somewhere around three to four hundred dollars an acre more to grow their crops. Uh, based on what I'm hearing from our farmers, you've got uh, tremendous potential for food shortage globally because of uh, all of the trade in the Black Sea being shut down. You've got uh, Russia and, and Ukraine are both. Uh, countries that put a tremendous amount of wheat into the global market. And so Ukraine is responsible for about 50 million metric tons of corn and wheat going into the the export markets on an annual basis. I think it's probably reasonable to expect that that uh, will not be in the world food supply. You've now got, and, and doing the right things, a lot of a lot of American manufacturers uh, breaking their, their ties with uh, Russia, companies like John Deere and uh, and Caterpillar and a lot of others that are involved in ag and, and uh, production. And and that's going to obviously impact uh, the, the Russians' ability to grow their food. So it's a, uh, I mean, I'm concerned about what's happening in America because we're going to be paying more for our groceries. Uh, I will tell you from a, from a global standpoint, uh, I think other countries are going to be faring far, far worse. And I've asked, actually, our areas of responsibility, our, our military leaders, to, to look into what a 5% reduction in the global food supply looks like from the standpoint of the geopolitical unrest and, and economics around the world. Food and fuel, kind of a big deal. You know, it's one thing to have a really difficult time filling up your gas tank. There are other options. They're not pleasant or palatable. Some of them aren't easy. They kind of suck for a lot of people, including carpooling, trains, planes, automobiles, whatever it may be. They're not great transportation options, but they're options. There's not a lot of options if you don't have enough money to eat, folks. And yet again, you know, we're, we're spending all of our time focusing on what's happening around the world. And these are really, really serious things that are happening. It requires serious conversation with serious people. But what were to happen, what would happen tomorrow if there's a, let me ask you this. If there's a major housing crisis, a real estate market crash, a stock market crash, and stagflation, growing unemployment and growing inflation from the $6 trillion extra dollars we printed over the last two years, it's going to flow its way into the economy. What would happen then? You want to talk about civil unrest? Of course, um, you know, never an opportunity for the left not to jump on a Republican's pound story. So here's our latest installment about this of Republicans Pounce. He showed me this one. No, it was this Jim. The Hill. So instead of focusing on the Biden administration and their failure to mitigate the exploding fuel and food crisis in the United States, here you go. The Hill. Republicans seize, seize, not pounce, fellas, seize on rising gas prices amid Ukraine conflict. Yes, seize. They got to seize. Of course, they got to seize. Republicans pounce. You know, Republicans pounce stories, of course, where the media focuses on the Republican response to what the Democrats are doing rather than the Democrats, rather than the Democrats failures themselves. Folks, um, back to being serious here for a moment. 
Um, it's rather disgusting, the messaging coming out of the White House there abuse of these TikTok influencers to advance propaganda and make themselves useful idiots. One of the most disgusting things I've seen in a long time. Um, but even more disgusting is Joe Biden trying to pin this on Vladimir Putin. Now, I haven't heard it summed up this well. Gerard Baker, who, you know, I agree with and disagree with sometimes, but he writes really well at the Wall Street Journal, has a piece up talking about Joe Biden's, the, the filth, who thought of, you know what, we're going through a really serious food and fuel crisis here that's crushing American wallets, but I've got an idea. Let's blame this on Vladimir Putin. He has this piece called The Price of Biden's Excuses for Inflation Keep Rising. And he talks about their, their this Putin price hike hashtag nonsense garbage. It's cynical in a much more dismaying way, too, he says, as a grotesque effort to enlist an act of brutality by an autocratic aggressor in the service of domestic political expediency. The arts of political messaging creation may be darker than Vladimir Putin's soul. But did someone in the White House really watch Ukrainian cities burn and images of wounded pregnant women being ferried from maternity hospitals and think Putin price hike? This is who we're dealing with right now in the White House. You're dealing with a sick, corrupt man with a corrupt family, a corrupt legacy who is incompetent and is cognitively suffering right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in really bad shape with this guy. Listen, I know the opening of the show is always, uh, is, 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 you know, sometimes always a little bit dark because we get the bad stuff out of the way. But I, I just want to let you know this can be fixed. All of this can be fixed. And even if there was a wipeout, we have the capital capacity here to recover fast. Say there's a total wipeout. I'm going to get to this inflation problem in a second, how this builds into the domestic problems at home, in addition to the propaganda we covered in the beginning of the show. But I just want you to know, this can all be fixed. Nobody has the productive capacity we do. Just imagine we had just a, a quick example, and I'm going to get to a spot, and then I'm going to get to this inflation crisis, and a, a, a very, very damaging piece of information about these northeastern states and what's happening up there and all these transplants moving. But Imagine tomorrow there was a wipeout, whatever it is, some megavirus, God forbid, that wipes out, you know, 90% of humanity, right? All the debts are gone, banks go under, whatever it may be. You're starting from scratch. From scratch, there's nothing, okay? So the world has, let's say there's, let's say whatever, 10 million people left in the world. Would you rather be starting all over? Where would you rather be other than the United States? And the answer is you'd probably rather be here, right? Why? Because we have the productive capacity, factories, office buildings, uh, uh, good plantable farmland, quality land you can plant on. You'd rather be here than anywhere else. In other words, even if things were to get terrible in the United States, nobody around the world would have the ability to recover faster than we would. I just don't want you to think it's all for naught. This place is worth saving. Unfortunately, we have idiots in charge now. I want to get to the inflation crisis yet. and the uh, So the irony of this inflation crisis is crushing Americans' wallets and going to cause a feud and food and, fuel, feud, uh, food and fuel crisis. Spit it out, Dan. The irony of that is that it's going to take its toll on lower income and middle class folks, largest of all, and even worse, uh, um, um, even worse for the messaging operation of the left that tries to claim they're the party of the minority voters. You know, CRT, you minorities, the white patriarchy can't stand you. Wall Street Journal, John McCormick, inflation is taking its biggest toll on non-white voters. 
Wall Street Journal poll found. This is the great irony of the left that you almost have to snicker at with these idiots who buy this routine, right? Everything they do, you flip the script and you do the 180. If the left tells you they're the party of defending minority rights, you know what that means? It means they're the party of destroying minority rights. If the left tells you that Putin's the cause of inflation, you can be sure Biden's the cause of inflation. You have to do the 180 routine. It works every single time. Inflation is taking an enormous toll as black women and Hispanic men are reporting the highest levels of inflation worry of different demographic groups. I thought they were in it for the little guy. I thought they were in it protecting minorities. They're full of crap. Why are they full of crap? Why are they doing this? Well, they're full of crap because they're liars. But the reason this is happening and the inflation crisis is not going to get any better anytime soon is because of another journal piece. And it's something I addressed on my radio show yesterday. It is this love affair they have on the left with Keynesian economics, eponymously named after John Maynard Keynes, who had this theory that the demand side matters more than the supply side. Ladies and gentlemen, the demand side is meaningless if you don't have supply. Isn't that fairly obvious? You can demand whatever you want. If the product doesn't exist, cars, food, homes, whatever it may be, fuel, it doesn't matter how much you demand. You can give people all the money in the world to buy food causing an inflation crisis. If the food isn't there, you've got what? You've got a Kindle for a fire. Throw the money in there. Here, the journal sums it up nicely. Part of the answer with the Federal Reserve's issues is their economic models rooted in Keynesian analysis in which demand trumps all. I talked about this at the end of my radio show. Yes, this is perfectly on cue. This article came out. The Fed model gives little thought to incentives or barriers to the supply uh, supply side. As a finance scholar, uh, uh, Cuvay recently wrote on these pages, among economists in the Federal Reserve, Democrats outnumber Republicans by 10.4 to 1. They prefer James Tobin over Milton Friedman. You're darn right they do. Folks, I used an example on my radio show yesterday to show you the fallacy of, of the government printing money, saying if we give people money, they'll demand more and it'll juice the economy. Why are there no Bentley dealerships? Or they may, if there are, there are very few per person. Bentley, you know, the car, the expensive car. Why, why aren't they in, uh, in Haiti? Why? Oh my gosh, Dan, you can't ask that question. Why? Why can't we ask that question? Why aren't there a ton of Bentley dealerships in Haiti? Why aren't there more there than anywhere else? Why are there relatively few? Ladies and gentlemen, because the economy of Haiti has been devastated. And no matter what you give to juice demand to Haiti, unless they work out a free market system and can rebuild their capital stock, they are not going to have a long-term supply commensurate with the demand because the income isn't there to buy it. So they don't go into a market where the consumer base can't afford the product. You can demand everything you want. There has to be a supply that creates a capital base that creates the long-term income to buy the product you're going to put there. You get it? Does this make sense? I mean, it doesn't make sense to leftists, clearly, because they keep voting for the same garbage and the same collapses keep happening everywhere based on the same Keynesian demand principles. And it's like when it fails, they all move on and pretend nothing happened. Here's what I mean. Paul Bedard has a piece in the Washington Examiner today. Four in 10 New Yorkers want out of what they call the vampire state. New Yorkers, folks, four in 10. This is, a, this is the outside of California. This is the nugget of liberalism. This is the 24 karat gold nugget of liberalism, New York, a state I'm intimately familiar with. I grew up there. I know New York very, very well. 
So why do almost half of them want to leave? Quote, a shocking number of New Yorkers fed up with high taxes and liberal leadership are leaving or planning to leave. New polling provided to Secrets shows that voters view the tax-sucking empire state as the, quote, vampire state and are desperate to get out from under Albany's tax collectors by freeing, fleeing both South and West. New York believes in the demand side. New York's idea is because the spending per capita by government in New York is insane. It's through the roof. It's, it's crazy that they have the population is smaller than Florida and New York State, and yet their government budget is dramatically higher. That's really weird because the government spends a lot less in Florida and people keep leaving to New York where they're getting, quote, free stuff, Joe, and keep moving to Florida where there's less free stuff. But I thought free stuff was good because free stuff from the government juices the demand side, right? If the government gives people money, they demand more stuff. Weird how that doesn't work. And people want to leave the, quote, vampire state, coming down to a state that's a non-vampire state. And yet again, Democrats, will you ever get an apology, a reevaluation of vampire state politics, Keynesian economics, demand side politics? Nope. Nope. You'll get none of that. You'll get none of that, despite the evidence kicking them right in the cojones that everything they're telling you is a lie. You want another piece of uh, cojone kicking evidence right there? Here, let's go to a lefty site just to keep things kind of balanced on the show. Here's a lefty site, Bloomberg. Jobless rate fell in most states in January. Ten are at a record low. Read Pickett. Because I Captain Picard, Pat Captain Picard. I'm not a Star Trek fan. It could who knows? Maybe he's related. I think that's actually Picard, but Picard, whatever. Yeah, same Picard. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a sci-fi guy at all. I was going to have to fire Guy over his suggestion that uh, Rogue One is an excellent movie too. That's that's unforgivable. I'm sorry. But here we go. I know with the rogue one thing. So the unemployment rate fell in most states in January, they note, including in 10 where the jobless rate fell to record lows. Uh, record lows, folks. For the liberals listening, that means a record. That means it's never been lower. That's what a record means. So that's kind of weird, right? Inflation crisis just got through a pandemic and 10 states have record low unemployment. Where are those states? Kind of a pattern developing joke. I'll read these. Up. You take a minute to think about the pattern here. It's very complicated. Nebraska and Utah had the lowest unemployment rates, as BLS data showed. Those two states, along with Indiana, Kansas, Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, Montana, Oklahoma, and West Virginia, all saw their unemployment rates fall to the lowest levels in data going back to 1976. It's a pattern there, Joe. Uh, Bloomberg figured out the pattern, yeah. too. I know it was complicated. It took you a little while to figure it out. But they note at the end, nearly every one of those states is led by a Republican governor. Oh. Yeah, man, gosh, I can't figure it out. How is it? But keep telling me how demand-side economic works in demand-side economics where we just steal and confiscate people's money via taxes and give it out so they can buy free stuff. Tell me again how that works so beautifully. Tell me again. I'd love to hear that. All led by Republican governors. And people keep falling for the BS. It's really stunning. It is really astonishing. The level of, now you see where we're going with this? been an economic show, an inflation show, but has been most importantly a propaganda show. This is why I'm worried about bio-research labs and why I'm worried about TikTokers out there parroting leftist talking points because you get people to believe in something so strongly that they're willing to go to nuclear war over it because the information asymmetry exists where they've been kept from legitimate facts and data so they can't evaluate a situation sensibly and everyone who does give them the information so they can evaluate a situation reasonably and logically is shut down, censored, fact-checked, kicked off the internet. 
and painted as a conspiracy theorist. I'm giving you the facts. People are leaving these states. I'm giving you the facts. These labs exist. I'm giving you the facts. We apparently did fund them according to sources. What you do with it is up to you, but you don't deserve to be lied to. You deserve the truth. And I refuse to BS you. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing that game. All right. Sensing a theme to today's show, the propaganda. Well, where else is the propaganda really? Really destroyed and decimated the national cohesiveness we we used to have. I mean, at least in the 50s, Democrats and Republicans. And I'm not, again, going back to the halcyon days, pretending the 50s were the greatest time. And we always do that. But there's no question when you look at polling, actual data, because that's what we do on the show. When you go back decades, people had a better sense of American greatness than they do now. Not crazy, not, not some ridiculous uh, nonsense type of patriotism where you just pretend we don't have faults. We do. But people believe that even despite our faults, this was a great country worth saving. Ladies and gentlemen, that is disintegrated. We have large swaths of America. You saw the poll, right, guys, from the other day? What, 50% of Democrats would flee the country if the homeland was attacked? You cowards, you chumps, you phony, fake frauds. I knew we couldn't rely on you, but now you admit it. The number's probably closer to 60 or 70. Those are only the people that admit it. And where else is COVID craziness and other propaganda, anti-American efforts in this COVID nonsense? Remember the herd immunity, herd immunity argument? And I only call it an argument to be nice and generous. I say that because there is no argument. Herd immunity is a biological fact. Herd immunity is what happens when a number of organisms in a population susceptible to a viral infection eventually get infected. And when the number of people, when it reaches a certain point, have infections and post-infection develop immunity, the virus runs out of vectors for mass transmission. Is this... This is a lot for leftists, I get that. But just think about it. If there are 100 people on an island who are virgin to the virus and 80 of them get the virus, right? 70 live. Those 70 develop immunity. So they're no longer effective vectors for transmitting it because even if they catch it again, their viral load is so low they can't transmit it. Then you only have... 20 people left on the island of now 90 who can catch it rather than 70, which means fewer vectors, which means the population at some point becomes effectively immune to the virus because there's no vectors to transmit it. Is any of this complicated? No, it's a common survival uh, tactic of the human you, race. Of the, th- thank you, Joe. Uh, thank the Lord. Thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. For designing such an elegant yeah, system. Yes. Uh, the, yet that was considered very controversial among lunatics on the left, who again, through propaganda, convinced you, propaganda, that mandates were the only way to go and that herd immunity was for crazy people. Well, it's a scientific fact, by the way. Why did they convince you herd immunity was for crazy people? Because there was no government benefit to it. There's nothing the government has to do to induce herd immunity, which is a scientific fact. The government doesn't like that. They want to be able to do things to you. So, of course, they heard me. Remember Scott Atlas? Scott Atlas in the White House considered a crazy, nutty person for suggesting herd immunity was going to be the only way out of this. Proving to you again that herd immunity was going to be the only real way out of this. 
Here's a Substack article by Alex Berenson. It's in my newsletter today. Please read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Hong Kong learns the hard way. The virus is going to virus. And zero COVID just makes it virus harder. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, sounds like something we've been saying on this show, fellas, for like the last two years now, that the virus is going to do what the virus is going to do, which is spread its uh, DNA, spread its, uh, G- excuse me, its gene code to be precise, spread its gene code. Um, it's going to spread vector to vector to vector till it runs out of vectors. We've only said that for two years, but Hong Kong decided they were going to try it differently and they were going to go zero COVID. Meaning we're not going to let that thing spread at all. And look, we've had such success, uh, except you haven't, sadly. The death toll, this is from Alex Berenson's piece. The death toll in Hong Kong, is it's growing dramatically right now. He notes is especially stunning because the cases are essentially all Omicron, which is milder than earlier variants. Think about that. Also, Hong Kong has almost no obesity, which, traits, which trails only age as a risk factor for COVID. About 3% of adults in Hong Kong are obese compared to 40% of Americans. Furthermore, physicians have the benefit of two years of treating COVID cases. They're no longer killing patients by putting them on ventilators too aggressively, a mistake that significantly increased the death toll in New York in 2020. Folks, a tragedy going on in Hong Kong right now. These are real people. The death toll is staggering right now. From Omicron. Omicron. They tried zero COVID, instituted lockdown upon lockdown upon lockdown. People celebrated the approach. They said, look, this is the way of the future. The virus is going to get in there. And when it does, your zero lockdown approach has caused a mass outbreak, proving to you again how crazy this approach was from the start. And we can never let it happen again. No, it's not a let it rip. No, it's not let people die. The approach from the start should have been to focus both treatments and prevention on vulnerable people who can't get it. Older folks, obese folks, people with breathing disorders who can and likely will die if they get a severe case. But ladies and gentlemen, focusing those assets on kids and healthy young adults with the chance of dying from this virus are slim to none while locking them out of school and the economy was the, one of the single dumbest health decisions ever made in the history of sentient beings. And that's a fact. The virus is going to do what it's going to do, either now or tomorrow. Berenson was right about that. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. I want to get to Trevor Noah, of all people. What the hell is going on with this? This guy is a diehard lefty. I think he's gone after me, actually. Maybe it's him or another I'm not sure. But Trevor Noah yesterday did, I'm going to play about a minute of it, did a monologue on his show just lacing into this COVID craziness. And listen, I'm not kissing the guy's ass because of it. But hey, if you want to come over to the side of truth and the anti-propaganda side like us, I'll welcome you with open arms, at least for now. Okay, here is Trevor Noah. Again, I'm not uh, kissing this guy's butt. He has been... uh, on the opposite side of me on many issues, which is fine. I believe in free speech, but seems to be waking up to the COVID craziness and propaganda now. And we need a little bit more of this here. Listen to this. Things are going in the other direction. In fact, restrictions are being lifted so quickly that things are getting a little confusing, you know, like for example, okay. Right here in New York city, mayor Eric Adams has lifted the rule that you have to be vaccinated to attend indoor events. Okay. That's gone. 
But there is still a rule that you have to be vaccinated to go to your workplace. So if someone's job is at an indoor event, they can't go to work, but they can show up to work to watch their colleagues do their thing. Yeah, which is exactly what happened this weekend. A big matchup at Barclays Center with the Nets taking on the Knicks. But Kyrie Irving, who's ineligible to play in the city for failing to comply with the vaccine mandate for city workers, he might have stolen the show. He attended the game as a fan and watched his Nets win from the sidelines. He paid for a ticket just like a regular person. Yeah, guys, I, I, I don't care like how COVID compliant you are. Like this makes zero sense. Can we agree on that? Can we what? So Kyrie can go inside, not wear a mask, even hug a teammate, but he cannot play. I don't get it. Why? Does the ball have a weak immune system? What's going on? See, the problem with propaganda is in a society that even remains a little bit free, like ours. We're not free, folks. We're not. You're not free to talk. You're not. Go post a video on the vaccines on YouTube if it doesn't comport with the company line and the narrative line. Watch, watch how quickly you're. You're not free to speak. That's a new public space. But we are a little bit free. There's still rumble and there's still true social in places you can talk, right? But see, that's the problem with propaganda. The problem with propaganda is if you don't have absolute control and absolute power, the information asymmetry is not possible to maintain. People, even like the Trevor Noahs of the world, are starting to see the truth for what it is. That maybe we've been lied to for a long time and maybe these things don't make any sense on their face. And folks, we do not lionize celebrities on our side like the left does. It falls in love with any of the latest idiots in Hollywood and the sports community. We don't do that. But anywhere and anytime, one of these people with cultural influence and some sway wants to come over to the sane side of the equation and talk to us like adults, we'll take it. And I'm okay with that. Showing you how crazy the other side can be, here is a tweet sent out that Glenn Greenwald responded to by some guy, Charles Jacko, who claims to be a journalist on his Twitter account, showing you why we need to get away from these people, the propaganda and the crazy nuts. Charles Jacko, we had a uh, reporter, Benjamin Hall, uh, who a uh, reporter at Fox News, a colleague who's been on my show, uh, believe we did a hit with him, was it, was it him on my show? Uh, but Ben got hurt reporting from a war zone. They're not disclosing a lot of details of it. So Charles Jaco claims to be a journalist. Thought it'd be a good idea to tweet out. A Fox News reporter has been injured in Kiev. If he was shot by the Russians, is that a case of friendly fire? Greenwald notes, sicker and sicker and sicker. Going back to my theory about the left, that we think they're people with bad ideas and they think we're bad people with ideas. That's how they talk about it. Now, again, to be fair, to uh, this guy, although he doesn't deserve it, but you deserve it. You deserve the truth. He has since deleted the tweet and apologized. But I always want you to remember these are who these people are. Don't ever forget. They are who you think they are. Don't for a second believe otherwise. All right, a piece of good news to end on the show today because it can be a little bit depressing at times. As I said, we are going to fix this place. We just need to find that bottom. We find that bottom, the rebound is going to be intense. I mean, think about it, right? The dreadful late 70s and early 80s and then the end of the Reagan years were two entirely different Americas. 
The Soviet Union had been defeated. The economy was on fire. Think about that. We can do this. The comeback is coming eventually. It's going to be here. They're not going to take any of this lying down. But the comeback is never going to happen without the key state of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we need Florida. Florida needs to be permanently in the red column in national elections. If we can get Florida, uh, Florida and Ohio, Florida and Ohio to be permanently red, and they're both trending in that direction. The Democrats, ladies and gentlemen, have a real problem. They've got to ice in Pennsylvania for good, and they've got to try to work on Texas because their path to winning national elections is getting really, really ugly. I want you to look at this article in Breitbart. Read it. It's really good. Wendell Husebo. Poll. Democrat Miami-Dade County approves of Ron DeSantis. 28-point swing. Folks, as Florida goes, so does the country. As Miami-Dade goes for the Democrats, so does Florida. Miami-Dade County, he's familiar with the area, so am I. Miami-Dade County has been traditionally a blue county. It can swing Florida blue pretty easily if there's a lot of turnout and a big win for a Democrat there. It is rare for a Republican to even compete sensibly in Miami-Dade County. But as Breitbart notes, Ron DeSantis there has high favorability ratings on Monday, according to a Ben Dixon and Amanda poll. Amanda poll. The Miami-Dade electorate handed DeSantis a seven-point margin of favorability. 48 to 41 in a county where Democrats, folks, have about 163,000 more registered voters than Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to play ball, let's play ball. What's happening here is Hispanic voters throughout Florida and throughout the country are starting to see through the propaganda and the nonsense, just like Trevor Noah did. He's never going to vote Republican, make no mistake. But what's happening to him is he realizes he's been lied to is happening around the country on the inflation issue, on the Russia issue, on the Ukraine issue, on the border issue, and people are tired of it. There is a mass awakening happening right now. And don't forget, as Miami-Dade goes, Florida goes. As Florida goes, the country goes. The path to 270 electoral votes in a national presidential election is slim pickings for the Democrats. Now, you throw in Iowa. Nevada and Pennsylvania, there is zero path, zero path for Democrats to win. Zero. Pennsylvania is tough. Iowa is trending right for us. Nevada is trending right for us, too. You throw Pennsylvania in that, that race is over before it even starts. All right, folks, it was a loaded show for you today, and uh, I appreciate you tuning in. And uh, I just want you to remember, we are going to speak the truth here. I'm, I read a lot of your feedback. A bit of a rough morning on that. I know some of you disagree with my stance on the Russia-Ukraine crisis, but, uh, and I read a lot of the negative feedback. And uh, some people tell you not to talk about that stuff. No, the show's for you. You have every right to comment and disagree. The show's for you. If you don't like it, you can tell me that. You should tell me that. You're, I, you're obligated to tell me that. But I'm also obligated to tell you that I have to do what I think is right. And uh, if I lie to you just to cater to an audience to try to get ratings, like some hosts do, you're not going to respect me in the end. I respect your feedback. I just ask, uh, you know, you respect my opinion on it. It is an opinion, but I promise you, we always bring the receipts. So uh, thanks for your time today. And I really appreciate your loyalty to the show, regardless if we agree on everything or not. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.